Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 13th. It is six minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Rob Kendall and Casey Daniels. And thank you so much for listening. And uh, we start off with an Elon Musk update. Or rather, is it a Corinne Jean-Pierre update? She said that his five-letter tweet was dangerous. He was attacking Anthony Fauci, where he said that his pronouns were prosecute slash Fauci. It is fascinating to see how well the left organizes in onslaught. I think that's the phrase I would use, organizes in onslaught. Like they mobilize, and I I don't know if it's just instinctive, because oftentimes the left are pretty vile people, but they are able to organize in onslaught in an almost instinctive fashion and they're doing it again on Elon Musk and they're they they are not for free speech right the left is not for free speech they are for them controlling the mm-hmm. narrative mm-hmm. and in the sense of twitter they have lost control of the narrative not because they aren't still allowed to speak or be heard. The left is still allowed to do everything it was allowed to do a month ago, two months ago, a year ago. They are still allowed to say, do, think, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're mad because the right is now allowed to play on an even playing field. And this is what we have talked about in this time slot for years and years and years. Liberalism depends on the lifeblood of liberalism is choking off dissent because when liberalism has to be explained it quickly falls on its face because it's wholly ridiculous well this is what we were talking about earlier with ronna mcdaniel and the rnc chairwoman how the republicans have got to get their message together to be able to compete against the liberals because you just said it they have their narrative down and it's like when one of them says it, boom, they all just repeat it over and over again. And in this case, they need someone to attack because Elon Musk, since he took over Twitter, he's releasing all of these Twitter files. Uh, 5.0 yep. dropped last night. So they've got to go after him and they do it very unified. Yeah, that's a great point. I had a uh, a lunch yesterday with a, a prominent member of the Indianapolis media who will not be named because this person is non-political and I would not uh, want to subject this person to the scorn and shame that would be um, accompanied with knowing they hang out with me of their own volition in their free time. <laughs> but everybody would know who this person is. And and we were actually meeting, uh, talking with somebody who is pondering running for public office that is one of this person's friends. And they uh, asked me, hey, would you be willing to offer this person some advice on mm-hmm. This is a, they've never run for public office before. It is a somewhat high profile office. You know, what should this person be expecting when they get in? You know, what are the keys to winning, whatever? And what I told this person, it's interesting we're having this conversation now because it's largely what I told this person yesterday. I said the number one thing, the number one mistake that new people to public office make is they try to answer every single question on all their literature and everything, and it turns into like, point eight font and nobody can read it and it just gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I said, right or wrong, politics is a 30 second game. And what I mean by 30 second game is from the time someone gets your message on the door hanger to when they throw it in the trash, you got 15 to 30 seconds for them to look at that. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to think of when they think of you. And so you have to pick three or four things. 
And this is true whether you're running for a local mayor's office or you're running for the governor or you're running for the president or the Congress or the Senate or whatever. Effective candidates pick three or four effective things and they never get off those things. And in the sense, the left does that far better Mm -hmm. than the right does. They hammer home the narratives, no matter how ridiculous, and they say, we will ride these things Mm -hmm. until the horse doesn't run anymore. And largely because they are obsessively dedicated to those messages, no matter how ridiculous they are. Like, I mean, their messaging around abortion is completely ridiculous, but they stay on it. They don't get off of it. They have complicit, you know, partners in the media who push it. And it was clearly, you know, effective. So it is interesting how much better the left is at that than the Republicans are. Well, you know what? How about inflation and the term transitory? That's a great example of it. We heard from Biden and then Kamala and then Janet Yellen, and it just went up and down. Oh, it's transitory. Is that the word we're going to use? And then they just parroted it. But it was clear and it was consistent. Remember, this is free advice to any person running for public office. You will win or lose your election, especially if it's a somewhat local election, largely based on whatever topics you choose to talk about, whatever the three or four things are. And if you choose three or four good things and you don't get off of them, Mm -hmm. you will have a pretty decent shot of winning that election. Now, let's play Corinne Jean-Pierre. She is very angry at uh, Elon Musk for being dangerous for tweeting about Fauci. So look, we've been very clear about this. Uh, these attacks, these personal attacks uh, that we have been seeing are dangerous uh, uh, on Dr. Fauci and other public health professionals as well. Uh, are, they are disgusting and they are divorced from uh, from reality. And uh, we will continue to call that out and be very clear uh, about that. Again, these are incredibly dangerous, these personal attacks that we are seeing. Uh, Dr. Fauci has served under seven Republican and Democratic presidents. We cannot forget that. Uh, he has given he has given uh, his almost entire career to civil, to civil service uh, public ser- as a public servant. Uh, his work on infectious disease from HIV AIDS to COVID has saved countless lives. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he has, uh, you know, we, we are fortunate, I should say, that he has devoted his career uh, and his life uh, and his exceptional talent to the America's uh, public health, to America's public health. And that's what should be uh, discussed right now. That's what we should be thankful uh, to him about. And again, these are incredibly dangerous and should be called out. I'll leave it there. So so think, think about that. What is the narrative around Fauci from the left? He's a man of science. Mm-hmm. He's given his life to science and to the American people. Yeah, but he's failed misery. Nope. He's a man of science. He trusts the science. He's given his life to the American people. No matter what question you ask them around Fauci, it is, he is a man of science. He's given his life to science. He's given his life to the American it's people. the same thing over and over. Even though he advocated for school closures, vaccine mandates, and masking, and he asked people to spend time alone on the holidays. Do you remember that last Christmas? It doesn't matter how wrong he was. It doesn't matter how wrong they were. It doesn't matter what what happened in the past. It does it does not matter, and that is the importance of messaging. And also, huge benefit they have, mm-hmm. as we said, willing partners in the mainstream national media who will totally cover for them and push that narrative. But do they do not get off the narrative? Yeah. Well, and now the marching art orders are that Elon Musk is dangerous yes. because he's expressing his opinion that you're not allowed to do that anymore if it goes against what they want.